I'm Jason Chaffetz. I'm Katie Pavlich. I'm Steve Ducey. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, June 2nd, 2020. I'm Trey Inkst. Coronavirus cases continue to spread in the United States as protests rock the country. My concern is, is that as a result of large groups gathering for these protests and other things, that we may see that second wave come sooner um, and cases um, increasing much sooner than if we had just slowly reopened our economy. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. Protests are happening in dozens of cities around the United States, As health officials warn, the coronavirus could spread among demonstrators. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Dr. Summer Johnson-McGee, the dean of the School of Health Sciences at the University of New Haven, starting first in the United Kingdom that has seen more than 276,000 total cases of coronavirus. Schools in the UK have started to reopen despite continued spread of the disease. British Health Minister Matt Hancock announced today the three-week COVID-19 review period for reopening would be extended to four weeks. Despite the outbreak, in London's Trafalgar Square yesterday, thousands gathered to demonstrate. Protesters chanted Black Lives Matter and Say My Name, George Floyd. Many held signs calling for justice and calling out racism. People also gathered outside the U.S. Embassy in London. Now to Spain that for the first time since March reported no new deaths from coronavirus in a 24-hour period. Additionally, the country saw just 71 new daily cases. Spain remains the fifth worst-hit country from coronavirus and has reported more than 27,000 deaths since the outbreak first began. Finally, in the United States, more than 1.8 million people have been infected with COVID-19. The high numbers come amid calls for investigating why so many elderly people died in American nursing homes from the virus. With thousands gathering in the streets each day, it may take a few days to determine if coronavirus is spreading at all among populations of protesters. So what dangers do demonstrators face as they come together amid this pandemic? I think it is a legitimate concern. I think that when you see these images on the news, you see large groups of people gathered together uh, in very close proximity, and many of them are are not wearing masks. This is Dr. Summer Johnson-McGee, the dean of the School of Health Sciences at the University of New Haven. She joins us today from Connecticut. Uh, And even for folks who are wearing masks, um, there there may still be a risk of transmission in in very close quarters. So I think it is a concern um, that people around the country are are gathering in this way and are potentially putting their, their health at risk. Do you get the sense that amid all of the news and focus on the unrest that some of the focus on coronavirus is being passed by and and could lead to consequences down the road? I think it has really um, overshadowed uh, the news about the coronavirus in the last few weeks about about these protests and and the and the things that are happening around around the country. And, and my concern is that, you know, by we by paying attention to, um, you know, this really critical issue, we are losing sight of, of the fight that we should be fighting against this virus as, as well. So I think it's just as important that we focus on, on the fight against the virus as it is uh, around these groups and their fights for equality. I, I think we need to um, always keep public health first particularly in a pandemic, uh, and do whatever we can to allow these groups to assemble peacefully, uh, but also to not jeopardize public health at the same time. During this outbreak, what concerns you the most? I mean, what is the thing that you're up late at night thinking about when you're watching the numbers tick up around the country when it comes to the spread of COVID-19? 
What keeps me up at night is the thought of the young people that we've seen that have been gathering over Memorial Day weekend, young, healthy people gathering without masks and, and coming together thinking that they're invincible because they're young and they're healthy. Uh, what we know about this virus is that it is highly transmissible and that it strikes all age groups. And even if you don't get sick, you can become someone who is spreading the virus to others in your family and in your community. So what, what concerns me is, is I think we still haven't taken a lot of these public health messages truly to heart, particularly in some of these younger populations where they are folks who may not very get, get very sick for the virus, but are likely to spread it um, and become some of those super spreaders um, that are causing large numbers of cases in their community. Absolutely. And when it comes to the coronavirus, do you see the way it's transmitted as more concerning than previous outbreaks that the U.S. has seen? And also, we know that just looking at the difference between, for example, the flu and the coronavirus, it's spreading much more rapidly. And as you mentioned, asymptomatic carriers are a major concern. But do you think that is part of the issue of why people aren't taking it so seriously is because they don't truly understand the concept of being an asymptomatic carrier? I think that's a big part of it. I, I think that, you know, we have the sense uh, from lots of other illnesses that until you're symptomatic, that you're not going to be shedding enough virus and spreading that virus to others. And, and so this virus is very different. And we know that people can have absolutely no symptoms and, and be spreading the virus to, to others. So I think it is a, a difficult concept to understand that you could feel perfectly healthy and still be sick yourself and be sharing this virus with others. And so I think that um, that's where it's so critical that people understand that the importance of wearing masks is not protecting yourself uh, from others, but actually to prevent yourself from being a, an unknowing spreader of, of the virus uh, to those that you're around. So it, it's a protective act for your friends and family, not so much to protect you. Um, and that's, I think, a new concept that, that not everybody has fully grasped. The U.S. is leading the world right now in cases of coronavirus, and it's followed closely by countries like Brazil and Russia. And previously, we saw countries like Spain and Italy having huge spikes in cases. While a number of European countries are starting to reopen, the U.S. seems to have taken this similar approach to reopening for business and stimulating the economy. And it's something that I, I've noticed even this past week with the protests that have gone on. Many locations where demonstrations are taking place, you know, we're getting almost a, a frontline view to communities across the United States. And you, you can see that some really have started to return to normal and open for business. And you see still images of people outside at a cafe and protesters in the background or other people in parks watching the protest. And you see these uh, images that show a juxtaposition in what people are doing. But the bottom line is that people are together in groups and going about normal life in many cases. Is that concerning due to the fact that we haven't, as a country, leveled off in the number of cases? Is it reopening too soon, in your opinion? Yeah, I think it is concerning that, that people are gathering in large groups, that, and I worry that we maybe are rushing a little too quickly to get back to that sense of, of normalcy, particularly in states where we still see that cases are on the rise and, and that there is still community spread. Um, there's no doubt that we have to 
at some point reopen our economy and move toward, um, you know, returning businesses and, and people to work. But we can't do that at, at the cost of public health. And, and so I think we have to strike that very delicate balance uh, between keeping people safe and healthy uh, and, and getting people back back to work. Uh, and getting the economy restarted, and, and I and I fear um, that if we move too quickly uh, to those reopening phases, that we will will see um, increases in, in in cases and and deaths, and and have to start this process all, all over again. And and so I think that whatever can be done um, to take baby steps here um, will will serve us better in in the long run. But uh, it's going to be a delicate balance, and and not an easy balance to strike for sure. You've been listening to Dr. Summer Johnson-McGee, the Dean of the School of Health Sciences at the University of New Haven. We'll be right back. I imagine as an educator and someone who is influencing the next generation of those who are interested in health and sciences and studying at the university level about pandemics and what we're seeing today around the world, you're thinking very critically, I imagine, of what's happening. In your opinion, what do you think has been done right by societies across the world and what do you think needs to be more focused on moving forward in terms of the coronavirus outbreak? I think a lot of countries around the world, including the United States, have done a really good job of of banding together in that crisis moment and staying home and making sacrifices of their jobs and their activities and their personal travel um, to stay home and, and to try to get this virus under control. Some countries have done it better than others, but where we're seeing countries are really successful is even as new spikes of cases pop up, they're really banding together to do what needs to be done to get this virus uh, under control. So I think we, uh, as a global society, have really grasped how important this is uh, to get a handle on this virus. Uh, I think there still is a lot of work to be done um, to make sure that there is sufficient access to things like testing, uh, and I think that um, you know we'll get there, uh, particularly in the United States. Um, and I also think the scientific community has done a remarkable job of banding together to you know break the land breed record on getting uh, vaccines into clinical trials and to try to find uh, a, a way to uh, prevent this virus from spreading. So I think that's probably the most significant. Uh, success I've seen is the progress that we've made in the scientific community around vaccines and and trying to find uh, treatments to minimize the symptoms of the virus as well. How real do you think the concern of a, a second wave should be taken in terms of if this is a possibility of something that could happen in the United States? And then what would you say to those who are out there like you said before, not really following the guidelines because maybe they're young and healthy and don't think that this could affect them? Yeah, I think we always knew that there was going to be a second wave and and possibly even a third wave. I think that uh, that was a given, epidemiologically speaking. Uh, The question is, how big of a wave was it going to be? And and so, again, my concern is, is that as a result of large groups gathering for these protests and other things that we may see that second wave come sooner um, and cases um, increasing much sooner than if we had just gone through a, a normal phase reopening of our country. I think this widespread mass gathering around the country may really contribute uh, to that wave 
uh, coming much sooner and being much bigger than if we had just slowly reopened our economy. And so I think one of the challenges is we won't know whether was it reopening the economy or, or was it these these protests and these large gatherings that really brought on that second wave when it happens. And so we won't know what's the remedy. Do we need to close down our society again and start over? Or was this just a byproduct of the fact that we had all these Americans gathering um, around the country at the same time we were making big moves toward reopening? So I, I think it confuses things a bit. It's hard to know. I don't think we'll ever know exactly um, what caused that second wave um, when it happens, uh, but I think it is almost a certainty, um, and it would have happened no matter what when we reopened our society, that, that we would have seen an increase in cases and another wave was coming. It's just a matter of when, and, uh, and I don't know if it will be in a few weeks from now or a few months from now, uh, but hopefully if people do um, you know, wear masks and take social distancing seriously, uh, we won't see as big of a surge as we would have um, if people don't follow that guidance. Very interesting points. Dr. Summer Johnson-McGee, the Dean of the School of Health Sciences at the University of New Haven. Dr. McGee, thank you again for your time. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.